0: Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> morning, the order for morning prayer starts on page three of the Book of Common Prayer, and our lessons and psalm are noted in the chat bar link. We'll get started in just a second. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips.
1: And our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Praise ye the Lord.
1: The Lord's name be praised
0: O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be,
2: world without end. Amen. Psalm
0: 18, starting on page 359, we'll go into verse 20. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense.
1: My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge.
0: I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies.
1: The sorrows of death compassed me, and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid.
0: The pains of hell came about me. The snares of death overtook me
1: in my trouble i called upon the lord and complained unto my god
0: so he heard my voice out of his holy temple and my complaint came before him it entered even into his ears
1: the earth trembled and quaked; the very foundations also of the hills shook and were removed because he was wroth
0: there went a smoke out in his presence and a consuming fire out of his mouth so that coals were kindled at it
1: he bowed the heavens also, and came down, and it was dark under his feet.
0: He rode upon the cherubim, and did fly. He came flying upon the wings of the wind.
1: He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him.
0: At the brightness of his presence his clouds removed, hailstone and coals, hailstones and coals of fire.
1: The Lord also thundered out of heaven, and the highest gave his thunder, hailstones and coals of fire.
0: He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He cast forth lightnings and destroyed them.
1: The springs of waters were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered. At thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure.
0: He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters.
1: He delivered me from my strongest enemy, and from them which hate me, for they were too mighty for me.
0: They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder.
1: He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth even because he had a favor unto me.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and never shall be, world without end. Amen. <laughs>
3: Here begins the 27th chapter of the first book of Samuel. And David said in his heart, now I shall perish some day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul will despair of me to seek me any more in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Then David arose and went over with the 600 men who were with him to Achish the son of Mal, king of Gath. So David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men, each man with his Ahinoam, the Jezreelitis, and Abigail, the Carmelitis, Nabal's widow. And it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he sought him no more. Then David said to Achish, If I have now found favor in your eyes, let them Give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there, for why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Therefore, Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. Now the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was one full year and four months. And David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. For those nations were the inhabitants of the land from of old as you go to shore, even as far as the land of Egypt. Whenever David attacked the land, he left neither man nor woman alive, but took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the apparel, and returned and came to Achish. And Achish would say, where have you made a raid today? And David would say, against the southern area of Judah, or against the southern area of the Jeremielites, or against the southern area of the Kenites. David would save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, saying, Lest they should inform on us, saying, Thus David did. And thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. So Achish believed David, saying, He has made his people Israel utterly abhor him, Therefore, he will be my servant forever. Here ends the
2: first lesson.
0: The Benedictus S. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths, and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be,
2: world without it. Amen.
3: Here begins the 11th verse of the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minus, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying we will not have this man to reign over us and so it was that when he returned having received the kingdom he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading then came the first saying master your mina has earned 10 minus and he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas." Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap. What you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an steer man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minus. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minus. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given and from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up
2: to Jerusalem. Here ends the second lesson.
0: O Lord, show thy mercy upon us.
1: And grant us thy salvation.
2: O
0: God, may clean our hearts within us.
2: And take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
0: Grant to us, O grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord.
2: Amen. Good morning, everybody.
0: We'll start with our Psalms and uh, Old Testament lesson today. And uh, it actually is pretty fitting, uh, Psalm 18. Um, It said that the, the, the psalmist there is David, actually writing about uh, and, and thanking God for His wonderful deliverance um, in the face of Saul. And if we've been and as we've been following along this week, um, actually in the last couple morning prayer sessions, uh, David has been um, delivered out of uh, Saul's pursuit of him. Actually, in some remarkable ways, as, as Bishop has pointed out, the last couple mornings. Um, where David actually had the opportunity to take Saul's life, um, but he wouldn't, as we read, take the life of God's anointed. Um, but kind of in a twisted turn of fate, uh, David is already God's anointed, um, as, as Bishop has pointed out the last couple of mornings. Uh, our Old Testament lesson um, seems a little confusing uh, as David uh, turns out to become a vassal for, uh, or a or, a servant for the king Asius, one of the one of the Philistine kings, and uh, if you remember earlier on in Samuel, um, he actually is uh, as he's running from Saul, goes to Asius and is afraid So David uh, pretends to be mad, and uh, Asius uh, is confused and it's like, oh, uh, you know, this guy's uh, uh, this guy's uh, you know, foaming at the mouth. He's got a long beard. It, it, that that whole imagery, and he's he's unsure of uh you know David's mental state um but now in in this in this story he's actually um turned back and come back to uh to to be a servant of Achish and go out and um not fight against Israel the author of 1 uh, Samuel is very clear but uh against uh the enemies of the Philistines against Gentile enemies um some of which the Amalekites um whom Saul uh faced earlier on um in this book um In terms of the context of of, of where we're at with David's story, um, you know, as soon as uh, the interesting twist to this is he's going to go up in the next couple chapters that we'll see next week. And actually, the Philistines are going to come up against Saul. And uh, relating this back to the psalm, uh, Psalm 18 this morning, uh, he uh, in, in verse 21, the psalmist says, The Lord rewarded me after my righteous dealing. According to the cleanness of my hands, did he recompense me. And it, it's one verse after where we were supposed to end today, and I, I wish we were able to get to that verse because what it points out there is um, as uh, David has been faithful and he seems to be running from Saul and, and even points out in the beginning of First uh, Samuel 27 today that he's, um, uh, if he doesn't go to the Philistines, Saul will get him. But because of his righteousness and not dealing harshly and taking vengeance on Saul when he could have, had the opportunity in two different instances. God will reward him and we'll see that play out this week. Turning to our New Testament lesson this morning, um, this one is uh, very interesting in Luke and um, uh, one that I sometimes I think um, get confused between this one and the parable of the talents in in Matthew. And I think um, sometimes uh, we have a tendency to when we read these parables and it's not a bad one but it's something that i found myself in um, is to uh, search out the significance of what it means for me right away without looking at maybe the context around the parable itself and where it lies in the story and how the gospel writer is actually intending this parable to play out in the context of the literary narrative but also um the context where jesus is actually giving this parable and i think that's very significant for us and um as i was uh looking over and getting some notes this morning i and was uh, reading about some of the history of this parable and um, much like saint luke he's very historically accurate um and if we recall from the beginning of the book he's very um, accurate in in time and place and who is the governor and he sets up the gospel jesus's gospel in terms of historical significance of the era and one thing that's interesting that um uh, when we're looking at the context of this parable what where, where jesus is um giving this parable to his followers and those that are listening is, uh, in Jericho. And the last couple mornings we've, um, we've seen Jesus enter Jericho. He's on his way up to Jerusalem. Um, he's healed a blind man. And he's also, um, um, uh, sat with Zacchaeus who accepted the gospel and Jericho is, uh, in the Jordan Valley, right below Jerusalem. And he's on his way up for the Passover. So there's quite a buzz around Jesus's entry. And um, as we've been working through the gospel, um, Jesus has been healing and teaching and preaching. And um, it actually points out an important context for how to interpret and look at this parable. Um, Luke actually points out at the very beginning um, of our lesson this morning that uh, Jesus is attempting to correct um, what they think the kingdom of God is coming and and going to do. Um, the Jewish thought at the time, um, especially Jesus healing and, and proving these powerful miracles and, and, and healing and casting out demons, they thought he was gonna come and uh, kick butt in Jerusalem, much like maybe a King David or uh, some of the prophets thought. So they thought he was gonna come in Jerusalem and, and, and kick some butt. But obviously Jesus is really trying to reorient that and he gives this parable. Um, and so uh, we're on our way up to Jerusalem, it's Passover. So everyone's coming up there and they're following along. And um, as I was mentioning, uh, Luke positions this, and actually, Jesus starts this parable out, um, and it's kind of an interesting hook by him in this parable. Uh, He starts the parable by discussing a king that is leaving to go get uh, his power from a distant land and come back. And we have a few other characters. We have uh, the servants, and then we have subjects of the kingdom who are rebels, who actually don't want him to be a king. And uh, within the servants, we have, we have two types. You have the faithful who invests um, and more is given. And then we have uh, the other servant who does not invest. He's afraid of his master. And then what he has is taken and given to the other servants. <clears throat> so uh, what would have been a hook to this point is uh, as Luke's, already, as Luke's already established, he's heading up to Jerusalem and people are expecting something big to happen, a king to come. And uh, the Jewish historian Josephus actually wrote about this. Um, at the time, Herod, who is the king of uh, Judea, had three sons and one of them, Archelaus, actually went to Rome um, to uh, receive power after Herod had passed away. And Josephus writes about this and there was actually a, a leaders from Judea, some Jewish uh, followers of the area that went to Rome to um, fight against that appointment by uh, Augustus. And so for Jesus's listeners in this moment, this would really catch their attention um, and and get them cued in. Okay, you know, in an interesting turn there, um, you know, how he's talking about a king, very, very prevalent, almost like if someone was to, to speak a parable about the president of the United States or something like that. So this would really catch people's attention. But what Jesus is about to do, and through the parable we see it, is uh, uh, kind of flip their understanding, as as Luke points out, of what's about to happen in Jerusalem. Where this parable sits, actually, is uh, immediately after chapter 18, where um, we uh, briefly talked about Zacchaeus' conversion and the blind man's healing. But right before that, the disciples are still confused about Jesus' passion narrative. he gives them the passion, uh, he he says, I'm going to suffer and die in Jerusalem, and I'm going to rise again. And they're still a little confused, so Jesus is trying to reorient them there. Um, taking a look more at the characters in the parable, and what's, what's interesting about this, now that we have the context, oh, and right after this parable, Jesus is gonna go up into Jerusalem and it's gonna be the Palm Sunday narratives, and they're gonna hail him as king. So it's it's fitting that this parable sits right in between those two um, narratives there. Um, now, now, looking at the parable, and this is, uh, um, uh, what I find maybe a, a good takeaway from the parable for us this morning is the faithful servants, uh, the, the three characters that um, that the king has to deal with at the end. We have the servant who takes the money and invests it wisely. We have the servant who doesn't invest anything. And then we have the subjects who actually, in the end of the parable, it seems pretty gruesome, are killed by the king. Uh, so for the, 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 the servants that uh, invest wisely, I think what he's trying to get across here um, maybe is as he's trying to reorient their view, um, before Jesus goes and, and, and suffers in the passion and and the resurrection and come and rises again in the resurrection is to try and, um, encourage his disciples, his followers to be faithful, to, uh,
2: it's going to be really, really hard.
0: He's going to die. It's going to be confusing. And he's going to come back and uh, at the end, in, in the, the final chapter, he's going to give the Great Commission and send those disciples out to spread the gospel. For the, other, for the other servant that doesn't invest wisely is maybe the one that's a little bit too afraid. Maybe in the face of the resurrection or in the face of the passion, it's, uh, it, it might be tempting to, like St. Peter almost experienced, was tempting to reject Jesus and not follow him. And then we have those that reject him outright and what's interesting about that is uh that those that, that get slain at the end that that don't want him to be king um it might be easy for us to say oh that's the the, the jewish leaders in israel and i think that might be a right interpretation um as jesus is going to go up to jerusalem and weep over the city knowing that they don't know what's about to happen for us this morning though and knowing that uh jesus is giving this this call to be faithful in the face of fear is that uh, what's interesting about this is uh, the the very uh, a twist in the parable is those that invest are given the the mina that the fearful servant didn't invest and they even cry out and say even to more those will be given and that might be confusing for us as we've seen in some of other Jesus's other teachings that the the, the flip side narrative where those don't have might have more but in this case it's a it's, a, it's not the poor and the needy it's it's the servant of the king and uh he uh, the, the faithful servants those who stick with him are going to be given more and 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 those who who follow through um will um be given more responsibility it's not just that they're given more just to have more but they're given more because they're going to take on more responsibility and i think he's really trying to reorient uh his disciples maybe not in the moment they may not get it there as he's walking on his way. But it's something Jesus has given them maybe to reflect on after uh, the Passion and the Great Commission to go out and spread the gospel, that those who are faithful will be given more, and those, um, and the more that they get is more responsibility um, to spread the gospel. So let us uh, take this parable and uh, maybe help it uh, uh, guide our understanding of the Passion narrative as we read through the rest of Luke this week. We'll now continue with uh, the prayer for all
2: conditions of men on page 18 of the Book
0: of Common Prayer. O God, the Creator and Preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech Thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that Thou wouldest be pleased to make Thy ways known, unto, pleased to make Thy ways known unto them, Thy saving health unto all nations. through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and
2: glory, world without it. Amen.
0: O most loving Father, who willest us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of thee, and to cast all our care on thee who cares for us. Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal and which thou hast manifested unto us in thy son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thanks for praying with me this morning. Thank you, Brent and Keith, for reading and responding.
2: Thanks, Carl. Thank oh, you, day.